0: Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Well, last week, uh, in our "He Still Got the Whole World in His Hands" series, the main thought was just that when life is uncertain, God is not. And what we discovered is that uncertainty is one of God's favorite environments to work in because it seems like that's when God does His His deepest uh, work in our. Lives, but the reality is, right? Like, uncertainty creates a tremendous amount of fear and insecurity for us, and that's why, right? Like, that's why, in in seasons of crisis, in seasons of uncertainty, God gets our undivided attention. You know what I mean? Like, how many of you remember 9 11, what church looked like right after that? It was packed. Because God got our undivided attention because we were in a season of uncertainty, a season of crisis. Because the reality is not only does he get our undivided attention, he gets the nation's undivided attention. People repent. Values are shifted. Because what happens in a crisis is that what's important goes to the top of our priority lists and we feel that dependence on God and each other. So come on, in the comments down below, how many of you have found yourself returning to faith or um, pushing in to go deeper in your faith in seasons of difficulty surrounding a crisis? Or or if that's you, if, if you found yourself you know, going deeper in your faith in a time of uncertainty, just drop a, drop a hand in the, uh, in the comments down below. Let us know. Say amen, you know, if, that's, if that describes your experience. Um, so most of what happens, like our life looks a lot like the Bible, right? We said that last week, most of what happens in the Bible happens in environments of uncertainty. And it happens to people who are facing extraordinary challenges. You see, the Bible, the Bible is not some book filled with feel-good messages. There's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There's no gumdrop forest, and we don't find any fairy godmothers with magic wands when we read the pages of Scripture. It's just not there. Here's what we do find. We find God speaking directly into seasons of uncertainty and we see God moving we see his hand in the middle of all of that chaos in the middle of all of that crisis come on think about think about your favorite bible story or your favorite bible character. Like, like go ahead and drop them down below in, in the comments. Like who was that? Was it was it Moses, Joseph, Abraham? Maybe you're a New Testament person and it's Paul or Peter or or or, or maybe you know you're like I'm King David or or maybe you're a Bible a Bible you know scholar and it's like I like Jehoshaphat or a Benajab, or Mil- Militia or something, you know, I don't know, like I just made up a name. Uh, but, but you don't know say like some of those crazy Old Testament names. Maybe that's your, your person. So what was going on in their lives? You know what I bet? I could almost guarantee that your favorite story doesn't revolve around a bunch of well-off people having fun and relaxing and just enjoying the easy life. That's not, that's not the reality of Scripture, The Bible is full of people facing uncertainty and discovering that not only is God not absent, but he's actually at work in numerous ways bringing about his purpose in their lives. Bringing about his purpose in the world, but also bringing about his purpose in the lives of the people he loves. And and I know what you're thinking right now. You're you're saying, but gosh, that feels scary, (laughs) That that's so that's so vulnerable. And it's true, man. Like like scripture may leave us feeling way too vulnerable, as if like, wait, if I'm gonna go down the similar or same road that these people went down, then I'm gonna have to face those same kinds of seasons too. And the answer is yeah, like we are. Like that that's that's just the reality of it. And you might be looking at it and say, well, that feels way too passive. Like, I'm a type A person. I'm a, I'm a get it done kind of guy. You know, I like, to, I like to move the ball forward. That feels like a lot like waiting. That feels a lot like just sitting and doing nothing. Hey, listen, like, I get it. Like, sometimes it feels passive. That's exactly why Judas betrayed Jesus, because Jesus moved too slow. And so sometimes it feels frustrating. But the, like how, what's the other alternative? Like, we could, we could choose to be overwhelmed with worry. We could choose to, to just succumb to the fear or react out of this feeling of panic. Or we can choose to trust in God and just wait for Him and, and, and go His way. So, what do we do? Like, if uncertainty is kind of what's in store for all of us, whether it's this season or another season, if, if crisis is when God does his deepest work in our lives, so what then do we do? Like if, 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 you know, when life is uncertain, God is not, well, okay, great. Well, so what do I do now then? How do I respond? And so to, do, to answer that question, I want to look at an expert in crisis today. If you're, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, number one, I'm, I'm so excited that you're on here with us. like Our church exists for you. We want to help lead you into the presence of God. But also, I just want to tell the truth and and be honest with you. What I'm going to say today is probably going to sound absolutely unrealistic, completely crazy, but at least you'll know that there is an alternative. There is another way to face seasons of uncertainty. There is another option out there than the way that the world will tell us to operate. So, Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to be at today. If you have a Bible, make open up Philippians chapter 4. And I want to kind of tell you the context of what's happening here uh, before we jump into Philippians 4. Philippians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi, and it's written from prison. Now, we don't know which prison. Some scholars say it was uh, Rome, that, that Paul wrote these from Rome. Others will say, well, maybe Rome, or maybe it was a prison in Ephesus, or one of those times Paul was arrested. You know, It could be any of those things. And so the thing, I don't even know that that matters, The thing that really matters is understanding it was written in a season of crisis, in a season of uncertainty, from the place of prison. And Paul's prison isn't like our prison. Whatever you think about our criminal justice system, our prison is way more compassionate than Paul's prison experience. Because for Paul, they didn't even give him food. It was like, hey, if you starve, you starve, so be it. And, and Paul was dependent upon people bringing him food so that he could eat. And that's actually one of the reasons he writes Philippians to thank the Philippian church for sending uh, supplies uh, for him while he was in prison. And so from that place, he writes the following. If Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Check this out. Rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, stop right there. What? Paul, you're writing from prison, bro. Like, like how are you going to be rejoicing in prison? But then it's like he doubles down on it. It's like Paul saying, hey, just in case you're sitting in the back of the room, I'm going to say this again. That's what it means. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. But, but that word rejoice, it doesn't mean, hey, be glad be happy. Paul Paul isn't doing his best Bobby McFerrin impersonation, right? Don't worry, be happy. That's not what he's saying here. That word rejoice comes from, the, the root word is this word car. It, it, it means to lean towards. It means leaning towards something. But then the word rejoice really kind of finds its expression in the word charis which is the word grace. It's it's the my it's my daughter's middle name and we named her Ava Caris because we wanted to to emphasize the grace. So Caris Caris however you pronounce that. And 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 here's what Paul is saying. He says, "I want you, I want you to lean towards the grace of God." Come on, isn't that a beautiful picture? Lean I want you to lean towards the grace of God. And if that's all he said, if he just said, "Hey, rejoice always," like that's enough for me. Lean towards the grace of God all the time. Okay, I'm going to try that. But then he adds these three words. He says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And I think the best way to really wrap around what, what he's saying here is to consider what we could substitute in the Lord for. You know, we could say, rejoice in that new raise that you just received." Lean towards the gift that you received in this form of more money. We could rejoice in that, right? We could rejoice in the truth that she said yes. You know, let let the emotion of, of that moment wash over you as you lean into the gift of your future bride. Like, that's totally cool. Like, that, yeah, we get it rejoice in this achievement lean towards the grace of what like look long and hard at that thing until the emotion of it sweeps over your heart and what paul writes here it's in it's in direct contrast to his experience rather than leaning towards the grace of god come on like like i would expect him to like be leaning towards the Frustrated, pointing his finger at God. Like, why did you let this happen to me, God? Well, I'm here in a prison because I'm serving you. How's How's this work? But Paul says, he says, no, I want Philippian church, brothers and sisters, I want you to reflect on God's goodness and God's mercy in your life that you've experienced in Christ Jesus until your emotions catch up with that reality. I want you to detach your emotions from your surroundings, and I want you to bend them. I want you to bend them in the direction of God's mercy and grace in Jesus. And then he goes on. He says, verse 5, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. In other words, he says, don't let the uncertainty of the moment, don't let the uncertainty of the crisis take its toll on your character. Because what is gentleness? Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is is one of those characteristics, one of those traits that the Holy Spirit will grow in our lives as we surrender more and more to him and his work in our hearts. So come on, the way you treat people, we know this is true, right? This is what happens under moments of stress. This is what happens in a crisis. The way we treat people and respond to people oftentimes shifts when we're stressed out. Come on, right? Like, we get frustrated, parents. Come on, mom and dad, lean into, lean in with me here. Mom and dad, we get frustrated because of everything going on, and we take that frustration out on our kids. We get overwhelmed. Come on, husbands. Come on, wives. We get overwhelmed by the crisis, and then the place that that gets projected is our spouse, And what Paul is saying is that now is the time in the crisis, in this moment of uncertainty, this is the time that people will discover what's really on the inside. Now, if you've been surrendering to the Holy Spirit, that's awesome. Let it shine, baby. Like, that's what Paul says. He's like, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let what God is doing in you flow out of you. So come on, let me ask you this question. You don't don't have to put anything in the comments, okay? How are you doing? How are you doing with this? How how has this recent time of uncertainty, how has this coronavirus crisis affected your response to the people around you? Men specifically, how's your temper right now? Come on, come on. Lock eyes with me right here on your screen, all right? Guys, how's your temper? How you doing? doing with that? Ladies, my mom used to tell me all the time that I was getting on her last nerve, right? Moms, ladies, wives, sisters, how are are your nerves right now? How's your response to the people around you? How how are you doing? Is your gentleness, is the fruit of the Spirit evident to the people around you that the Lord is, in fact, near? Keep on going. Verse 6, He says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be troubled. Don't be distracted by what the future might hold. Don't be distracted by what might happen tomorrow. But in every situation, when you're laying in your bed at night trying to go to sleep and you can't sleep, when you're driving home and and, and you're you're stressed out wondering what in the world is coming when you get home, when you're with your family but your heart's not really there because your mind is in a thousand other places. In every situation, what do you do? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, here's the kicker. Present your requests to God. Present your requests to God. Now, this is bigger than just offering up a a help me God with this moment prayer. Now, that's a legitimate prayer. I'm not knocking that. You should pray that. But the word present has a bit more of a nuance to it. It, it, what it means is it's, it's to be made known, to reveal or discover. It, it, now, we're not informing God about what's inside our hearts, okay? It's not like we have to tell God, because God searches our hearts. He knows what's on the inside of us, even the parts we don't know. And that's exactly what Paul's talking about. He's saying, he, he's saying this is about discovering what's really going on on the inside. What's the fear that's lying behind the petition? What is is the core desire that you're trying to get met by by bringing this prayer request to God? He He says, when you get in God's presence, reveal that. And here's what crisis does. Here's what uncertain seasons do in our lives. They bring to the surface the deepest insecurities that we have. And so, so when, when, when you find yourself praying a, a, God, help me with finding a job. Help me with, with selling a house. Help me with passing this class. Help me with this conflict with my wife. Help me as I'm trying to parent this child. Take a moment and, and, and take a step forward or take a step behind that very legitimate prayer to discover what's lying behind that petition what's what what is the thing that i need to to have revealed what is the thing i need to discover about myself is it security do you feel unsafe are you are you angling are you worried about not being accepted by this group or by this person are you struggling with the need to feel important and if this thing doesn't happen you're not going to feel valuable are you, are, are you trying to be viewed a certain way by the people in your life? Your, your, your mom or dad or, or a coach years ago that you're still, like in your heart, it's still there. Or your wife or your husband or your kids. Are you trying to be viewed a certain way? Or even this one, man, like sometimes it's a fear that God doesn't really know us. Or, or maybe even better yet, there's this fear that like maybe God doesn't even care. But you gotta, you got to discover what that is. Because when we are able to give that to God, when, when we have it revealed, when we discover what's in our hearts and we surrender that to God, something happens. It happens on an individual level. Married couples, it can happen in your, in your marriage, in your relationship. It can happen in your family. When we, when we bring that to God, then the promise of verse 7 really makes sense. Look at this, verse 7. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which, which doesn't make sense because nothing may have changed, but everything has changed. The peace of God that will allow you to remain peaceful even when it's not peaceful. Paul says the peace of God, which transcends your understanding, which is greater than your understanding, which rules, he says, your understanding governs your thought processes. He says, not only will it govern your thought processes, it'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Paul says, when we present, when we reveal what's on the inside of us, when we bring that to the Father, His peace will set up rulership in our lives to govern our thoughts and guard our hearts. Peace will protect you from the uncertainty controlling your emotions and your thoughts, your mind. Now, here's the thing. Some of you have experienced this kind of peace. If If you've ever experienced the peace of God that transcends all understanding, the peace of God in, an, in a situation that, that should have been anything but peaceful, if you've experienced that kind of peace, would you just drop an amen right now? You, write in the comments, if you've experienced the peace of God that transcends all understanding, would you just type amen and hit enter? Because I want I want other people to see something. As you're doing that, as people are just coming, amen, 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 Right? I want you to see this isn't just something that Paul knew 2,000 years ago. It's, this, is, this kind of peace isn't just something that was available to, to people like Paul. It's available to you right now. Because to be honest, to be completely honest, I didn't learn about the peace that passes all understanding. I didn't learn about it the first time from the Bible. I didn't, I didn't discover that kind of peace because I found it in the pages of Scripture. I learned about that kind of peace by watching people I've known walk roads I couldn't imagine, and yet they, they were so full of the peace and presence of God that it baffled me. I've watched people, mentors, mentors, struggle with with cancer only for it to have it have it go in remission and then come raging back and in the midst of the doubt and the fear and the uncertainty they held on to that to the grace of God and they leaned towards the grace of God and they presented their request to him and they felt they experienced they lived and walked in the peace that transcends all understanding i've watched i've watched women Walk through, walk through divorces where their identity has been completely stripped away from them and yet they've held on to that peace and they've made it through because God was with them all along. along. And I'm reminded, I'm reminded that this peace still exists because I watch some of you and how you're dealing with this situation right now. And let me tell you, your lives are preaching sermons that I could never preach because you're living in the peace that transcends all understanding. You found peace when there was no peace. And it's a testament. It's a testimony to what God is doing. Because listen, sometimes God moves immediately in our lives. Sometimes He changes the situation. Sometimes you get the job. sometimes you you receive your healing, you recover physically, sometimes you're accepted in, in, in that group. sometimes she comes home. sometimes he repents. but every time when we come to God and we make known what's on the inside of our hearts, every time there is the offer, of a peace that transcends understanding. If, if we come to him open-handed and we make the secrets of our heart known to him, if, and this is the way I want to say it today, if we pray until the peace comes, that's what I want to do right now. I want to pray. I want to pray until the peace comes. So what does that look like? I want to give you a two-part prayer two parts part one and part two here here's part one heavenly father i need blank and then you just fill in the blank okay and and it's it's that it's that legitimate surface i need this right i need and then you i need a new job i need p i I need i need this conflict resolved with my i i need this but don't stop there here's how you get to what's behind the surface Heavenly Father, I need blank, and I'm afraid that if I don't, blank. And feel that? Like, let let your heart go down that road. I'm afraid that if I don't receive this promotion, I'm afraid that if I don't get this raise, I'm afraid that if I don't recover, I'm afraid that if healing doesn't come, I'm afraid if she doesn't come back, I'm afraid if this doesn't work out, what? Because that what's going to happen in your fear is the thing that you must make known to the father right there hidden in your fear is the thing that that God wants to reveal it's that desire it's that insecurity it's that uncertainty that he wants to reveal that's hiding out in your heart and then you hand it over to him and when you hand it over to him all of a sudden bam the peace comes the peace comes so here's what we're going to do here's how we're going to close today here, just a second. We're gonna we're gonna switch, and Pastor Hope's gonna lead us into a song that's just that's just titled "Peace." It's brand new to our church, but I think it's gonna to minister to you right here in this moment. But while we're while we're praying, while we're worshiping, if you need peace today, if you need peace, I want you to type the word "peace" in the comments down below. Come on, come on! I want you to take that step. I want you to I want you to be vulnerable enough. and and real enough to just admit, I need peace. And then here's what I want you to do. You're watching this, and as you see names scroll up on your screen, people saying, peace, 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 I want you to pray for them. And in this weird, crazy, virtual world, where the Holy Spirit is not confined to, to distance and miles, and he doesn't know the difference between three feet and three miles or 30 miles, He's going to minister to you right now through the prayers of your brothers and sisters as we pray for people. And so as you see, as you, you pray your prayer, Heavenly Father, I need, blank, and I'm afraid that if I don't, blank. But also as you see people commenting, peace, you pray for them. You pray for them. I'm going to pray for them, but you're going to pray for them too. And we're going to come together in this virtual, virtual world as a family, and then we're going to pray one for another. During this song. So come on, if you need peace today, go ahead. So, so many of you already typed it, but, but if you need peace today, type the word peace. And during this song, let's worship but let's also pray for ourselves and for each other. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner